Welcome to Conscious Cannabis. I'm your host, Courtney Ora Freeman. I'm here with Adelia Carrillo. Please note that I cannot roll my R's, so I will ask Adelia to introduce herself in a moment. Uh, Adelia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, pronounce your name correctly, and then tell us about what brought you to the cannabis industry? Well, you technically said it right how I say it. That's definitely not the right way we're supposed to say it. I would always get in trouble for my grandma because I can't roll my R's or my L's. So okay, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm guilty too. Um, but it's Adelia Carrillo. Um, and yeah, I, my background, I, you know, was in the uh, consumer electronics industry initially. Um, and I thought I was going to build a career in that sector. Um, I, unfortunately, but also fortunately, because I wouldn't be where I'm at, at today if those situations didn't happen, I had some health ailments that um, transformed my life, to be honest, and made me kind of rethink everything that I was doing and connected me back to cannabis. Um, that, honestly, I look at it and I'm like, I'm a 180, I'm 180. I'm a completely different human that I was. I pushed myself to do things I've never thought I would ever do before. And it brought me um, to first launching my first company in the cannabis industry, which was Direct Cannabis Network, DCN. Um, I wanted to focus on startups, tech, entrepreneurship. Like, I just love that stuff. And I found at that time that was missing in the space. I knew business was gonna come in and I wanted to still have that heart for entrepreneurs. Um, and so that was like the initial like transformation of how I got in here, um, which was an amazing journey. We highlighted so many different entrepreneurs and products and companies, but it was hard, you know? Um, building a media company was really tough. And last year I had to kind of make a transition and put that on standby. Um, but it led to taking on a new position with a company called Event High. So now I'm the CMO of Event High, which is an online ticketing platform for the cannabis culture. So just a little background for everyone. Uh, Adele and I met some years ago and um, she was uh, really kind of the number one advocate for startup culture in the cannabis industry. And uh, with her team, she was recording phenomenal video coverage um, going to different trade shows, interviewing entrepreneur, and really kind of setting the tone for entrepreneurial business within cannabis. Um, you know, when we've all been really working to kind of reset and change the stigma and show what it what this looks like, Adelia was really at the forefront of that in terms of our movement. So thanks for the work that you've done there. And uh, I contributed to Direct Cannabis Network. I've been a big proponent mm -hmm. of that media content for a long time. And I'm also a partner for with Event High. Uh, we produce events and we host our events on Event High. So that's a really valuable offering. Um, one of the unique things about Event High is that it does give you the option to set consumption or no consumption. And for our industry, uh, now that we do have legal consumption uh, available for events, that is really fantastic to have that feature. Mm -hmm. And it also gives everybody a chance to kind of understand what they're getting into. Uh, if it is a consumption event, if it's not a consumption event, you can decide for yourself if it's something you want to be a part of um, for something more business focused. Um, and the fact, just considering the fact that we don't yet have the opportunity to have legal consumption everywhere yet, um, it just gives you an opportunity to kind of qualify that. And um, I think also it's worth noting that 
um, both Adelia and her partner Ali went through the Canopy Boulder program where they received funding for their startup businesses, which is, I think, a huge accomplishment that you can be really proud of. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about that or what that experience was like? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool because I was able, I went into, like, from the beginning, you know, once they were like, okay, you made it to the next phase, and I wanted to go in, I'm like, I'm going to be so prepared. I'm going to, like, fight for our company, make sure we get the best deal, and, um, and I just remember walking in and, you know, we were going back and forth about what DCN could provide to them. And also, you know, they, they went back and were like, well, you know, being an accelerator, we can do this, this, this for your company. Because I had no, the reason I applied was I needed a strong, we needed a stronger foundation as a company. I had no idea about like fundraising or investor language, let alone. Um, and so that's where we really wanted to, you know, up our game. And um, after that meeting, I, like, it was, I negotiated with them. I wanted to make sure that we got one of the better deals and that, you know, proving that, cause we were already around in the industry for a while before mm -hmm. yep. they, they launched the audience. San Diego one. So we utilize that, you know, we, we've said we were around for a lot longer. We can connect you with other uh, startups and companies. And um, so starting that journey was really cool. We, we were able to, it was like a co-working place in a sense, you know, we had uh, about 10 other companies with us and we all were in the same mindset of just trying to build our company, get ready to raise capital. And it, it was, I don't know, just, just the feeling and the relationships that we built and we got to see everybody and kind of move forward with their vision. Um, it, was, it was a good opportunity for our company and even just experience personally to go through that. Uh, I'm just thinking while we're talking, I got like a, a flashback of a memory when uh, you had one of your first entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial um, kind of fundraising events. <laughs> and I remember I walked in and you were just rehearsing to speak for the event. And uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, how we've kind of grown together within this, within this industry. And I think as we continue to grow and expand our careers, it'd be really fun to look back at this moment <laughs> and these milestones <laughs> that we've had together. Um, I'm, yes. I'm very appreciative for your friendship and for all the work that you do. And I'm grateful that we're both here and healthy. Um, mm -hmm. We are recording uh, from the quarantine cam. <laughs> um, we are here in the United States and uh, COVID-19 um, the outbreak, I would call it the outbreak, uh, without scaring anybody. Um, but all of us are kind of pivoting um, for those of us that produce events or for Event High who supports event uh, marketing promotions as an event portal. Um, we all had to kind of uh, say, okay, what are we going to do? Um, I myself had two, at least two events lined up. I've got two or three more for the rest of the year that were pretty big. Uh, and I anticipate they will move forward. Um, our, our teams are just, you know, pivoting. We're taking our events online. Uh, we're very fortunate that we are partnered with Tokativity and Women Empowered in Cannabis. Uh, White Buffalo Events is our event company. And Tokativity has an online classroom portal. So they have the technology already ready set up. Um, we've been testing, getting ready. Um, one of the things I'm concerned about is the fact that there's a lot of people working from home, streaming, and I don't think our infrastructure is set up for this. I think our infrastructure is set up for business bandwidth and home bandwidth. And we know that, um, you know, like Motley Fool, uh, prior to all this happening, suggested investment in Amazon, Netflix, and iTunes. And why is that? All in-home streaming entertainment. 
I don't know if they knew this was coming, but in any case, <laughs> um, there's already like Netflix was the number one hit for bandwidth. So I'm just not sure how this is going to affect us. I'm a little bit afraid that the grid's going to go down. Uh, but in the meantime, we're just moving forward. We're taking everything online. This is our first. Uh, this is our first um, uh, uh, quarantine cam conscious cannabis podcast <laughs> and uh, we will be having a few more I'm sure um, so Adelia can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing on your end from uh, the event high standpoint in terms of how events are responding to current situation the status quo with uh, COVID-19 affecting people at home and uh, with the with a safer at home quarantine well, to be honest, you know, the first two weeks of this all transforming were definitely very hard weeks. Um, we just started getting cancellation after cancellation. Then we started getting calls from event hosts who may not even have had an event at that time, but just kind of like, what do we do? Like, we have no idea what this even means for this industry. Um, and so what we first started doing is guiding some of these event hosts to say, hey, look, you already put all this work into it. You know, you've already developed the whole content. You've already put money down on your venue. You've already really produced a lot of this event. Why don't you now discuss postponing and rescheduling? We started guiding event hosts to, you know, start talking to the venues, start talking to a lot of the people that they've already kind of uh, finalized in the production of their upcoming events. Um, and now event hosts are now rescheduling and have set, you know, farther along dates, which actually helps all, everybody that's a part of the whole event production landscape. You know, the venue now still gets to keep their deposit. And so, and, and that venue now gets booked further on. Um, a lot of the event goers are honestly very supportive during this time. So majority of them are like, okay, as long as my ticket is valid for the next, that, that event still, um, we're fine. Um, even the sponsors and brands, a lot of them are like, okay, you know, as long as the date works for them, they just, again reschedule so it's it's starting to now kind of work things out for a lot of the event hosts who were under a lot of stress on what to do and what to move forward um for us we're in 37 states so that was like just one thing after another it was hard, wow. it was hard i didn't even think about on. that what a hustle okay um i feel like it's i think just in you know in terms of conscious business practices um I think that, uh, you know, I think on our side, we're, do we're all doing our best to really honor our sponsors and our attendees in providing the content and the connectivity and the community building. Um, how are you seeing, I mean, are people complaining to you that people are upset because they paid for a ticket or are we finding that people want to support small businesses and they're just saying keep the ticket price? So the consensus, the majority, they're saying keep the ticket price. Um, some of these event hosts have actually even made it more worthy. Like now they're offering a gift on top of that. You know, we'll st they're stating we'll still issue a refund if the date doesn't work, whatever it may be. However, if you continue to support us, you keep the ticket. We now are going to give you like a gift bag or whatever it may be, um, which is creative. You know, they're finding unique things. Well, yeah. you're, you're bringing up a thought for me too. One of the issues that we're having... Um, it's just pricing. Um, we have infrastructure needs in order, you know, we have customer support needs for the online classroom and the team, you know, uh, we have people that are staff that are going to need to be paid, et cetera. So um, as much as we don't want to charge for the online events, we do have some needs to cover and um, sponsors at this time are having difficulty because um, you know, they've invested a lot of money in major conferences that have been canceled, they didn't get their money back, et cetera. Um, they're concerned about investment because now there's really maybe very little investment in the industry at this point when it's a, a time of uncertainty. 
So um, we've kind of been debating what the pricing should be and um, how people respond to that. How, do you have any thoughts on that, on the pricing or approaching this from, you know, how we're gonna cover our costs, but also really honor our attendees? You know, I think right now there's a lot of flexibility where we can actually lower some of these cost points that were different than having an in-person event. Um, I don't ever want to undermine the reach because now we also have the opportunity to reach a larger audience. So the return is actually even can be better in a sense for these sponsors. Uh, but there is some room to where we can, you know, lessen some things up. Um, maybe it's more on the ticket price so that it can be a little bit more affordable for event goers. And two, like going even into long term, because we need human experience. Events are not going to go anywhere. Now, once things go back to normal or as normal as they will be after this, you know, um, this now virtual events will be like that extra add-on. So you could still host your in-person events and still offer that virtual experience though for people that can't fly in um, maybe they want to hear these speakers and again that ticket point price would be a lot cheaper than if they were actually in person at the event you're also hitting on another thought that i had that um i mean i hate, I hate to say blessing in disguise because it doesn't really fit the situation but um with hall of flowers hall of flowers we really we feel for you we know this has been really challenging with everything that you invested in palm springs so we're rooting for you um, but uh, with Hall of Flowers, um, with House of Jane, our event uh, that we would have hosted for people um, for our Women Wednesday, Women Empowered and Cannabis event, mm -hmm. I think I was anticipating something in the range of 100 attendees. Um, we had about 250 women in Vegas, and that's a much bigger conference, but we had a huge market share in terms of attendees, in my opinion. Um, so I was just projecting maybe 100 just because it's a smaller conference in Palm Springs and um, it's less populated. Uh, but now, taking this event online for April 1st, very potentially, we could be increasing the number of attendees, you know, tenfold. And for 422, you know, a lot of people, um, like last year, 420, there was so much competition for that date for in-person attendee, uh, attendees. And um, everybody had, you know, multiple parties to go to. This year, I think we're going to have less competition. So it could be good for us from that aspect just um, expanding our reach and bringing more women together for um, that House of Jane event. Even to even touch in on that, like we can even be thinking about the impact that we're actually making. So by event hosts now transforming to online events, we're also honestly helping to make people stay home, to entice them to stay home. You know, it's that extra thing, especially on 420, when a lot of people are gonna be wanting that itch to go out and we really all shouldn't be, um, they're gonna be able to stay and tune in really cool content or get entertained so these are some other things that you guys are actually bringing value to on that day um just a thought <laughs> agreed and you know it's funny um i thought i mean you know i'm on lockdown with a few people so i thought i can certainly have my own in-house in-home party on the on the on the quarantine cam if this continues into april 20th um but i think a lot of people are um, much more participating in the quarantine than I am, uh, and they're not going to have anybody around. So um, I think it'll be a lot of people just individually, but I was really thinking that we would be able to have our own broadcast for in our in-home party, <laughs> which is probably what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to have some local people and we'll just wash our hands and hang out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that shapes up with uh, April 20th. Um, I've looked at some of the... Um, the data surrounding what the typical um, 
lifespan of a virus is, similar viruses. And uh, it shows that the uh, heat, and we know the heat and humidity affects the virus, or as far as I know, um, in terms of its ability to survive. So the anticipation for our team is that by summer, we should be able to have our, our ladies pool party in Napa. <laughs> and by then everybody's gonna be really cabin fever because I, I already mm -hmm. see people just kind of like starting to itch and I'm, I'm starting to feel it myself too. And I'm usually a, a, mm -hmm. okay at home for a while because I work from home. Okay. I looked at the typical uh, lifespan of a virus, how it's affected by climate change, et cetera. And what I've seen for typical viruses in the past and the data there, uh, it does look like the uh, spread of the virus should be contracting uh, as the temperature starts to rise. Um, then, you know, once we hit summer, we'll see it really dissipate. And then there's another potential for a rise in uh, the late fall. Now, that said, we've never had an experience like this before when we've all been on lockdown. And I, at the airports, I'm pretty sure, are cleaner than they have ever been before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, All the airplanes are immaculate. <laughs> uh, so I think, if anything, the bigger concern now would be if we have some sort of like bacteria, like crazy bacteria backlash, because everybody's using antimicrobial soap, which isn't great for us. Um, but I think that potentially we will nip this in the bud with all the, the children in our home. And my understanding is that children are not exhibiting symptoms, but they're actually carriers. So the kids are at home, schools in California are closed potentially for the rest of the year until May or et cetera. And um, I think that, you know, with the way everything has been uh, handled, um, the new FEMA hospitals coming to play, et cetera, I think we'll be okay for um, that fall, but uh, only time will tell. Yeah, so, I agree. I, I'm really hoping, like I, I'm envisioning, you know, after May is when things will slowly start kind of going back, you know? To, to again, normal. And I think too, maybe even as event hosts, we can just be proactive at these events and just have better, I don't know, just think differently when we have, you know, in-person events, just to take that extra consideration, just in case for a while. Um, I'm also um, just, you know, spending a lot of time expressing gratitude, praying for everybody's health, checking in on friends and family, seeing how people are doing. So I think, um, you know, even outside the events, I think we'll have an increase in connectivity during this time just because, you know, we're all looking out for each other, which is pretty amazing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Shall we move into uh, section three of our interview and talk about forecasts, trends, anything you see either for the future of uh, cannabis events or otherwise, or, or just anything else for the industry at large? Uh, maybe you have some thoughts on where things are going or where you'd like things to go because uh, we can also speak things into reality if you want to. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's a variety of different things, um, but more looking, you know, when looking at like the data that we're seeing at Event Heights specifically, um, we're noticing, you know, events that are focused around education do very, very well. Um, those are one of the top things. And then okay. the second thing on top of that are food, culinary experiences. So people really like learning about cannabis. And even if it's not necessarily consuming, eating at a, eating infused food, having that experience where cannabis is associated with that event okay, um, in some sort of manner. Yeah. So those are just some really good data points that we're seeing across the board throughout the U.S. Um, and I think those will continue to move forward. Uh, the other, you know, then what's following along after that is health and wellness. So whether it's an activity or even hiking, um, ganja yoga, there's a variety of different things. So those are the top threes um, that are having the most 
being produced the most and obviously having the most ticket sales when um, it comes to nationwide. Can I, can I just real quick interject and tell you that I went hiking here in Los Angeles at Los Leones up in the Santa Monica Mountains. LA has never been more crisp and clear. It is so extraordinarily beautiful. That's another blessing at the time is just that um, there's there's no atmospheric conditioning and there's a reduction in emissions and you can just see all the way down to the street level almost in Santa Monica. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. I recommend it if if you haven't been for a hike recently, go because the one of the clear days, it's really, really nice. I'm sorry. Continue. Good to know. No, that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, I I want to go. so, so yeah, so those are the three highest data points that we're seeing on that landscape um, where we think events are going to go. You know, before this all happened, everybody was almost, I don't want to say complaining, but they kind of were. They were like, there's too many events, you know, too many things are <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I think what it was, was because the creativity wasn't being thought out on the majority scale, like events like you guys, you guys do think things through, you guys have some creativity aspect and social like experiences and activations that are created in the events that you produce. And I think that's really important. And I really believe that more brands and event hosts are gonna really start moving towards that experiential activation kind of mindset when it comes to producing events. Um, Because people want something different, you know, and it, it even right now, like you said, we're away from everybody, so we can't have that human connection. Once this is done, we're gonna want it. Everybody's gonna want it a lot. <laughs> so every event is gonna be something that people are like, yes, let's go, let's go every night, I don't care. <laughs> um, but there, we'll still get back to that point. So you always, I, I really envision that people are gonna start thinking through when it comes to producing a lot of these events, instead of just having, you know, maybe, um, like panels are fine, but incorporating more into what else is gonna be happening during that time at the event. So activations, I think, are going to increase. Um, this is a global industry when it comes to, in general, when it comes to cannabis, but even the event sector. Um, so that is where I'm really excited for, um, for us as a company to eventually be able to work outside the U.S. Um, that will happen more once the banking kind of changes. Yeah. Um, right now, obviously, we have a marijuana-related business bank account, but we can only focus in the U.S. right now. Um, with our agreement with them. So I can't wait to move forward and just really get in tune with what is happening outside of the U.S. Um, and this is kind I of think. our launch pad, yeah. yeah um, Tokativity, exactly. uh, so Women Empowered in Cannabis, Tokativity are both international um, uh, organizations. Tokativity just launched uh, their Spain chapter, which is really cool. Yeah. And then um, something else to note, just in case as a tip for anyone that's listening, producing events, um, uh, when I spoke with Kira last, I said, can we do, can we do a survey and women empowered cannabis and just see what kind of content people want? And their responses were really interesting. And what we found was that, um, they, they weren't necessarily interested in education. That was a little bit farther down. Um, but they were interested in the online sesh. So, um, April 1st, our event is an online sesh and it's really just focused on hanging out, everybody coming on and just having a chance to connect and, uh, chill cool. together. But on 420, we've got all day programming. So um, uh, Dee from Gandhi Yoga, I believe, will be teaching a class with us. Um, Adelia will be there, I hope. <laughs> we have <laughs> participants that are come on and uh, we'll be talking about um, different topics. We're gonna have an online sesh so people can come and learn about different products and talk about what products they're consuming or using. Good. And then um, 
Um, I personally, you know, medicinal cannabis is a big focus for me, you know, plant medicine. So I would love to have a space, one of our breakout rooms where we can talk about um, cannabis medicine because not everybody is into the sesh. Not everybody consumes. Um, some people are, are sober living and they support uh, overcoming uh, dependency through cannabis, for example. So I like, you know, just incorporating everybody into what we're doing and making sure that, you know, we keep the focus on our movement and what we're trying to accomplish here with healing for our planet and greater awareness around plant medicine. Um, with that, uh, I will say thank you, Adelia, unless there's anything further you'd like to talk about. You know, if I can, uh, just yeah. share one of the, so, um, I, I, I love the concept of what you guys are doing. I, I will definitely tune in on April 1st and April 20th. Um, yeah. one, of, one of the things with, uh, for our company uh, with Event High, what we wanted to do because of this whole you know, COVID-19 and this whole transition of everything, um, we're, we're actually kind of doing a big campaign. So on April 11th, uh, we're hosting an event called High Day. We don't normally host events. Event High is just mostly, obviously, you know, a ticketing software. Uh, but we wanted to definitely give back to our event host community. Um, so we're actually going to be hosting an online event on April 11th, and we're going to be bringing in um, event hosts as well. And all the ticket sales are going to actually uh, give a percentage of the proceeds to No Kids Hungry organization, Amazing. which is helping feed kids um, who actually, um, you know, are. Uh, not able to get the meals that they normally do through a school at this time. Uh, we also are going to be providing a percentage to the event hosts as well to give back to them. Um, and then this will also help a company like us kind of survive through this movement and be able to continue with our mission of providing a platform and community for the event hosts. So that's just something we're working on and just wanted to share that really quick. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I want to ask all of our viewers to support Event High. Um, if you do have events that you're producing, it's a great platform, a great way to attract. Uh, they do a lot of promotions. They have a, a, a really extensive reach. So if you are interested, it's a great platform to be ticketing through. I recommend it. Also, um, one of the reasons that I really doubled down on Event High was because Eventbrite uh, started, started cutting off cannabis uh, events. And if you said anything about a gift bag, regardless of what it was, they would shut down your uh, your ticketing. So um, Event High was really born out of some, some necessity, but also inspiration, um, because they do have a lot of knowledge surrounding uh, software development. And they've done a great job of executing. Okay, so this is a good time just to tell everybody out there, if you're an angel investor, get in touch with me. We have so many great opportunities for you to invest in up and coming skyrocketing businesses with profound thought leaders like Adelia Carrillo. <laughs> um, uh, we have revenue positive businesses. We know what we're doing. We've been in the industry for a long time. <laughs> this, is the place exactly. to, this is the place to be. We're, we're asking for what we want and we yeah. know we deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And we've been through enough hurdles. So once we make it out of this, this is just a cherry on the cake. Uh -huh. like, yeah, this is now what else? We can do icing. anything. I think, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Adelia, um, you pronounce your name Carrillo, so I'm going to say Carrillo. Carrillo. Uh -huh. Carrillo. Uh, if you would, can you tell everybody how to find Event High? Yeah, so you can visit uh, www.eventhigh.io, and it's H-I, like hi, hello. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, which is at eventhigh.io. Um, and if you want to connect with me, I'm at Miss Adelia on Instagram as well. 
Great. And I'll just let everybody know um, that Event High does do a lot of promotions on LinkedIn as well. So you'll see them there if you haven't already. Um, all right. With that, thank you so much again for being here. It's so nice mm -hmm. to touch base with you and connect and catch up. And we're going to be seeing a lot of each other online in the next, yes, few, right? <laughs> next few weeks. Um, uh, I want to just, uh, for everyone listening, thank you very much for listening. For those of you watching, thank you for watching. Uh, you can continue to support Conscious Cannabis by visiting our website. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, Cannabis, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-Z.com. I'm your host, Courtney Ora Freeman, and you can find me on Instagram, Courtney Ora Freeman. You can also find me at White Buffalo. Uh, this podcast is powered by White Buffalo, our events company, and the parent company for our 40-year-old rolling paper and wellness lifestyle brands. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>